0: The following is paid commercial programming. Third party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor, statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008, referred to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies, LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2000 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We are in the money, money. the skies are sunny, An old man recession, you are through, you have done us wrong. Well, we shall see about that, won't we? Well, this is Money Matters with Ken Marafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Marafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk of course about the stock market, we're going to talk about the pandemic, the resurgence in the uh, cases of the virus, we're going to talk about all of that. And we're going to have and we're going to talk about social security and we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have a show that is just full of boring financial stuff. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Moraif, the host of Money Matters with Ken Moraif. Thank you, Aspen. And uh, I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners. So let me go into what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So the first thing that uh, I get asked quite a bit is, okay, the stock market, the S&P 500, the Dow just seems to go up regardless of what the news is. It doesn't matter. It's up, up, up all the time. So why is the market so up when the economy is so down? And so I want to go over you what I see as the reason and then more importantly what I what we're doing about it okay so we'll share with you on that now also one of the things that is uh, in my opinion very important is that you always keep your emotions in check when you are investing okay because It's your money, after all, and in many cases, it's your security, and if that's the case, then you're very emotionally attached, and so you uh, are subject perhaps to fear or to greed or impatience or all those kind of things. So I want to go over the emotions that investors experience and uh, help you to understand what they are so that you can uh, hopefully uh, tone them down when you're making your investment decisions. Now, also, as we do every week, we're going to have social security strategies for married couples, have some uh, additional very good questions that we'll try to answer for you. And so we'll have that later on the show. And then also, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, because we work primarily with people who are retired or retiring soon, our philosophy is very defensive, okay? Because you, you, you spent your life building what you have. You've been investing. You've been doing all that kind of stuff, putting it into the 401k. Now you want to retire. You want to live on that money for the rest of your life. So you've gone from a saver to a spender. And when you're a spender, you're drawing money out of your investments. And so protecting that nest egg, in our view, is extremely important, maybe more important now than ever in your entire life. And so that's why we have a strategy we call invest and protect, which means that, yes, you should buy. Yes, you should hold. But also, we believe there's a third thing you should have, and that is a sell. Okay? you shouldn't just buy and hold. You should sell as well as what we believe. Now, the the people who don't believe in that say, well, you know what? You're a long-term investor. So it doesn't matter. Just stay the course. Everything will take care of itself. The market always comes back and all that good stuff. Well, that may be the case, but it also depends on how long it takes to get back and where you are in your retirement life cycle when that happens. So I'm going to ask you a question. The average bear market going back the last 100 years, according to Dalbar, is a drop of 37%. So the question I'm going to ask you is, you retire now, Okay, so you're 65, and let's say that's how old you are and you retire. Would you rather take that 37% hit when you're 65, or would you rather take it when you're 75? When would you prefer to take that bear market hit? Not that you'd prefer to take it at any time. I get that. But if you were forced to take it, when would be the best time? When you're 65 or 75? And I'll leave you with that thought, and we'll talk about that later on in the show, because most people answer that question incorrectly. So we'll take Now, you know what? Aspen, most shows would actually stop there. Most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. But on this show, do we stop right there? Oh, no, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before, and therefore, at about 10 till, we are gonna answer the question that everybody listening to this show has been staying awake at night wondering about. You know what that is, Aspen? Aspen's my producer, in case you're wondering who I'm talking to. It is a difference between tenants in common and joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Yes, people have been laying awake wondering what the difference between those two is. And I want to help you get a good night's sleep. I want to answer that question for you when we have our estate tip of the week, which is where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor, and it's our estate tip of the week. So when you open accounts, we're going to talk about how to, how to title it so you do it correctly and we'll have that for you. So we have a great show lined up, and I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire program. i got to give you an update on Noodle. Okay, so uh, Noodle is my dog. She's a uh, poodle and a schnoodle mix. I'm sorry, and a schnauzer mix. So therefore, she, she is a schnoodle, and we named her Noodle. So it's Noodle the schnoodle. Okay, I know, it's silly, but anyway. And we taught her, I should say my wife taught her, to press this bell when she wants to be let out to go do her business. And this is a very smart dog, so she learned it. Like in, in five days, she learned how to go over and hit the bell to be let out. Fantastic, right? Well, there's a dark side. There's a side effect to this that we hadn't considered. She now thinks it's fun to go over and ring the bell, so we let her out. And then we let her out, she wants to be let back in, so she rings the bell on the outside, let her back in. It is a game. So all of a sudden, we are the slaves to our dog. She's like making us do all this work. This is not the way it was supposed to be. It was not in the brochure. Anyway have to deal with that. I'll keep you posted next week on what we're going to do about this. But anyway, let's talk about why is the market up when the economy is so bad? Well, you know, you've heard this, you've seen it. It's like this big this big disconnect. The market goes up and up and yet the news about bankruptcies and unemployment and all the stuff is just so bad. And where's that disconnect and why is that? Well, I've talked on previous shows about uh, about that, but I want to kind of t- uh, review it with you and tell you how we're looking at it from the standpoint of investing. So, first of all, what you have to remember is that the the stock market is not unemployment. It is not bankruptcies. It is not all of that. the, The stock market actually doesn't care about any of that. What the stock market cares about is profits. What are profits going to be? Okay, so a lot of small companies are going to go out of business during this pandemic. We're already seeing that happening, and it's tragic because these are small entrepreneurs who have started companies, they've put their life into it, and then something completely beyond their control suddenly happens like this, and, and, and they can't weather the storm. So that's the unfortunate part. But again, the stock market doesn't care about that because those customers, where are they going to go? They still need what they were buying from these small businesses. They're going to gravitate towards the companies that survive this. And these probably are going to be the larger companies, which are on the S&P 500 index. And therefore, that's the S&P is what you're seeing. When you see the market, people are talking about the S&P. Why isn't it falling? Because in a kind of a perverse way, these small companies going out of business is benefiting these larger companies because they're going to be able to survive it. You know, they have hundreds of billions of dollars. You look at Apple. You know, they've got billions and billions of dollars in cash and Microsoft and all these other companies. So they're going to survive this. And the smaller companies, most likely, a lot of them won't. So that's one reason. So the, the stock market is looking at the profits of these companies and saying, you know what? Their profits may actually go up in all of this. And, a, and the stock market also looks into the future, a year from now or so, and it says, what are profits going to be then versus now? And if they think it's going to be higher, then that's where it goes. Now, the other thing that's happening is there's a whole wave of young investors. And these people, and I call them crazy. I've nicknamed them crazy. So crazy is people who, who decide that they're going to gamble in the stock market. And the, Crazy did this in Y2K, folks. You may remember the dot-coms. Crazy was investing in those, and Warren Buffett was saying, those things are, are nuts, I'm not going to invest in that. And Crazy was saying, oh, Warren, you're old, you don't get it, it's a new economy, it's technology, and I get it, you're an old man and you're out of touch, so why don't you go in your rocking chair and sit over there and, 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 you know, and kind of take a nap? And, and Warren was like, no, I'm not buying into this stuff. And sure enough, a year later, the dot-coms crashed and Warren was was right. But during that year, crazy drove the market up a lot. And so crazy is involved right now. And it's very frustrating for you know all, all the professional money managers to deal with this because crazy in there, for example, and I gave the example last week, buying up Hertz, and Hertz is a bankrupt company. Their stock is literally going to be worth zero, but yet crazy bought Hertz and drove it up a thousand percent. There's articles about this uh, app called Robinhood. And uh, so it's it's a difficult market to understand because you have a bunch of people in there that are buying things without looking at fundamentals. They're not looking at profits. They're not looking at anything. It's basically a gambling site disguised as an investment where you go open an investment account. I don't think it's going to end well, just like the dot-coms didn't end well for crazy. So the fundamentals, eventually, gravity does work. But right now, gravity isn't working because crazy is, is in there doing that. Our view is that this probably is going to go on until the elections. You know, the Fed's going to continue to pump money in. The Congress is going to continue to pump money in. And Crazy's going to have his $600 a week to go put into the market. And there's, there's probably, you know, a few million of them. And they're, $600 from a few million, that's a lot of money that's going into the market with these gamblers. It will not end well for them, in my view, and therefore we must be very, very cautious. So we're, we're, we're I'll, I'll say, cautiously bullish and cautiously bearish at the same time. So we're in buy mode right now, but we're very, very scared buyers, let me tell you. So anyway, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, we would like to help guide you through these times because, in my view, this is one of the riskiest times that we've seen in a very, very long time. With this market, as I mentioned, so up, so high, near all time highs, in a time when we have the worst economy that maybe any of us have seen in our lifetime. And that disconnect, in my view, has to come together. And when will it? I don't know. And that's why it's so important that you have a game plan to address when it decides to turn south in a bad way, okay? And our invest and protect strategy is one we'd like to ex- uh, explain to you and show you how it works. Also, we want to talk about uh, building a retirement plan to get you through this pandemic period, the next year or two, and then and then beyond that into your retirement. If you're already retired, we want to help you to look at uh, the investment strategy, social security, income tax planning, all that kind of stuff. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. Retirementplannersofamerica.com, and when you're there you can uh, click on meet with an advisor you can sit down with one of our retirement planners at no charge or obligation or you can attend one of our seminars and we have uh, virtual seminars virtual visits with our retirement planners available to you on our website rpoa.com all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the emotions that may affect your investment decisions so stay tuned this is money matters and i am ken morafe This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Aspen. And uh, this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. So if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then this show is designed for you. And uh, I am Ken Moray, the host. I am a a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are within five years of retirement or five years into retirement. I'd say that 10-year period right there is, is the, The the kind of the sweet spot of who we work with. And if you are in that zone, as uh, uh, Rod uh, Serling used to say, remember the Twilight Zone. So if you're in that 10-year zone, then uh, I would encourage you to go to our website. It is rpoa.com. And uh, we have videos. We also podcast a show. If you want to subscribe to it on iTunes, you can do that. You can go to our website, listen to it as well. And we have uh, white papers, we have podcasts, we have videos, we have tons of stuff on there all relating to retirement planning. So if that's you, I encourage you to go there, and we'd like to help you if we can. Um, I want to talk with you in this segment about uh, the seven um, emotions that affect investors. And I dare say that we all are are guilty of one of these, if not more. And so I want to go through them with you because, uh, you know, in France, in French, they say, an homme averti en vaut deux which means that someone who is uh, forewarned is worth two people. So we want you to be worth two people by forewarning you about the emotions that you may experience. So first, let's start with uh, pure emotion. Okay? You're, you're a human being, you got emotions. So that's, uh, you buy when you shouldn't, you sell when you shouldn't, you, you kind of get all excited about all kinds of stuff, and so that's the first thing. Uh, the second one is is not really an emotion, but it is sort of, and that is disorganization. Um, you know. People accumulate what I call a junk drawer of investments. And what that means is, is that over the years... You know, they opened an account here, they opened another one there, they opened a third one there, and, uh, you know, they were watching television, and some analysts said, buy XYZ, and they did, and then their next-door neighbor said, wow, you know, this is the best thing, and they bought that, and then they did their own homework on the internet, and they bought something else, and little by little, they accumulated the junk drawer of investments, and the problem with that is that it's it's disorganized, and it's hard to write herd over, And it is not, you know, if if you have a junk drawer like that, then it's not organized in a way as to point to a singular goal, which is to provide you with the security and the income that you want during your retirement. So taking all of that disorganization, organizing it, and focusing it is is, uh, probably a very positive thing to do. The next uh, is myopia. And myopia means that you kind of zoom in on the little picture and you don't see the big picture. And you know earlier in the show I was talking about uh, the technology stocks and uh, some of you may remember the dot coms well that was in my view the one of the best examples of myopia okay people were looking at dot com that's all they cared about if it said dot with a with a com after it they bought it because they were singularly looking at just oh man those dot coms are going to do so well but they didn't see the big picture which was that no they're not because they have no <laughs> earnings and all the rest of it. And they didn't look at the big picture. So being myopic is, is also a mistake. The, the other one, the next one is impatience. And, you know, impatience means that you're itching so much to buy because you don't want to miss out. Or, you know, you sell too soon because it happens, you know, you, you think that I need to get out. So this impatience causes you to overreact. And it's not logical. It's, not, it's, it's purely an emotion that, that is driving you. The next one is greed. And, you know, despite what uh, uh, Michael Douglas said in that movie years ago, greed when it comes to investing is not good, okay? (laughs) Greed is not good because, and, and, you know, if you get greedy and and you take too much risk, the market has an uncanny way of spanking your bottom bright red if you do that. And by the way, I think the people that are, uh, you know, investing uh, crazily right now, I think that they're going to get their bottom spanked bright red by this. It seems like every investing generation has to learn their lesson the hard way. You know, it, it's, it's really, a, a, it seems to be a recurring thing. The next one is arrogance. And arrogance is that, you know, you had a string of investments, you've done well, and now you start thinking, you know, I, I've, I've, I've got this. I am actually that smart. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. The moment you start thinking you're smart, that's when you are not smart. Okay. Always, always uh, uh, remain humble. The next one is cowardice, which I guess is the opposite of arrogance, which is now you're just scared of everything. You know, you're so afraid. You know, I've met people that haven't even gone in yet after the 2008 stock market crash. They're still sitting on the sidelines. So those are the seven emotions that uh, that someone who is investing might experience and ones that uh, you should not, in my opinion, uh, experience. So one of the things that that we do— um, is that everything that we do in terms of our investing, we, we, we rely very little on, on emotions. In fact, uh, we don't. Uh, so our invest and protect strategy is one where it's mathematical, and when a signal arrives, it tells us that it's uh, time to become uh, bearish, which means we want to sell and protect. Uh, it tells us when the trend has changed. It tells us when we think now that we are going to be bullish so it's a mathematical situation it's not an emotional one the other thing also is that for when you build your retirement plan what you want to in our view what you what you should do is look at your cash flow and the planning you have with your with how much money you have coming in versus going out so that you can have a realistic non-emotional view of what you can afford to do you know uh, i remember a few years ago um, I met this, uh, this couple, and the one thing that he wanted to do was to buy the, um, what was that Tom Selleck, uh, Magnum PI. He wanted to buy that red Ferrari that Magnum PI had. You guys all remember that red Ferrari? So he wanted that. And his wife was like, no, you can, we can't afford it. And he was like, well, I don't care. Well, so he was being emotional about the whole thing. And so looking at cash flow planning is a way of taking the emotion out and saying, okay, it turns out we cannot afford the red Ferrari, but maybe we should start saving up for it and then at some point we'll be able to buy we'll be able to buy him the red Ferrari. Okay? So so emotions can drive you into something and having a game plan. So if you if you visit with one of our retirement planners, we want to build that retirement cash flow plan for you. We call it the RCFP. And uh, in that, we will take into account your income sources, your expenses, your income taxes, Social Security. We'll take into account, uh, you know, whether your money is in your retirement plans, like 401ks and IRAs, or if it's in your taxable accounts. And we'll look at if you have any pensions and help you make decisions there, real estate income, whatever it may be. And we want to build for you an organized cash flow plan, because in in, in our view, re- uh, uh, happiness is a positive cash flow and uh, we want to look at helping you to build that now also you, you have considerations about if you have money left over and you want to leave that to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, then what do you do there? How do you build that plan as well? And we want to help you with that, looking at your income taxes and seeing if we can help reduce your income taxes. Uh, and many of you may not know this, but uh, you could actually have your Social Security benefits tax if you're, if you're not careful. And so we want to help avoid that if it's at all possible. So all of this is available to you. It's on our website. It's rpoa.com. You can either go to our resource center where you have educational material on there, podcasts, videos, articles, or you can uh, go directly to the source and click on meet with an advisor, and we'll sit down with you virtually, no charge or obligation, and if you want to, if we can help you, great, and if not, that's fine too, okay, so either way, no charge, no obligation, and we will part friends, so take advantage of it at rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about social security strategies for married couples, so stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Aspen. We are the bonanza of the airwaves. We share with you the golden nuggets of financial information every week at this time. I'm glad you're with us. I am Ken Morafe. I am the senior retirement planner and... Uh, founder of retirement planners of america and uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning so we work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon so if that is you then we would love to meet with you and see if we can uh, help you and uh, our website is rpoa.com and you can podcast this show you can uh, listen to it every week you can subscribe to the show on uh, itunes or do they call it itunes anymore yes still i thought they changed their name to something else no? Okay. iTunes? <laughs> I'm asking my daughter, who is uh, my producer today, Aspen. Uh, and uh, so, we, as, as I said, we work with, uh, with families uh, who are retired or retiring soon, and one of the most common topic that we address, one of the most talked about things that we talk about is social security. And, you know, our goals for our clients and for you would be two things. One, we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind okay? And uh, I believe that to do those things, you need to have uh, a game plan, and you need to make good decisions, and if you do that, then you go a long way towards achieving those two goals, and that's what we do. We want to help people. So, the first question, I have a, this is the segment of the show we talk about social security, and I've got two questions here. So, the first one is, I am 63, and I have cancer. Oh, my, okay? Uh, If I collect social security now at 63, and my wife, who isn't working, collects spousal benefits at 62. How will the survivor benefit be affected once I pass? All right, so he's 63, and he's got cancer. Uh, he's, he's thinking, should I start collecting now? But if I do, and my wife collects her spousal benefit, then will that affect her after, she, after he, uh, he passes? So there are two components to the survivor benefit, all right? The original benefit is set when you die. So it is your 66, it's your, it's your benefit that you would get at age 66, or if you claim benefits early. So in your case, you're talking about benefiting, uh, taking the benefits early, so it'd be that. But normally, it's your age 66 benefit, or reduced, which could be no less than 82.5% of your full retirement benefit. So even though you take it at 63, it cannot be reduced more than that 82.5%, okay, down to that. Now, the second part is the survivor's benefit and her actual benefit will be set when she claims. So if she claims at age uh, 60, it will be 71.5% of the original benefit, and then the percentage goes up from there until you get 100%, okay? So the answer to the question, I just wanted to set the stage on all that, but the answer to the question, in my opinion, is that in order to maximize the original benefit, you should not claim your benefit at 63. You should consider delaying that as long as possible, even if you die before claiming your benefit. And the reason why is this will give your wife the highest possible survivor benefit upon your death, and then it'll maximize it for her, and from her side, she could file survivor benefit at her full retirement age, okay? So, again, you know, Social Security is very complex, and I would highly recommend to anybody listening to this show, or anybody for that matter, that before you make decisions with regard to Social Security, talk to somebody that understands this stuff, because it's so complicated that if you don't do it correctly, you could literally leave thousands of dollars on the table. All right, here's question number two. I earn $110,000 a year. Wow, congratulations. My husband earns $6,000 a year in a part-time job. Okay, uh, I, turned 60, I turned 62 uh, next year, Will my husband's earnings cause my Social Security benefits to be reduced? Or will he be all right because his earned income is below the earnings test threshold? Okay, so basically, she makes $110,000, he makes six. she's 62, and she's wondering if her making the $110,000 is going to cause his $6,000 if he takes his benefits to be reduced. So as long as he is receiving benefits on his record— then your, your earnings, the fact that you make a lot of money, will not cause his benefit to be withheld because the earning test only looks at the earned income of the person whose record is being taken. Okay, So as you noted, his income is only 6000 so it's well under the threshold. Now, I just want to tell you something different uh, that you should consider, and that is that even though— he can take his Social Security and the fact that you make $110,000 will not reduce his benefit, keep in mind that they look at the combined income for your household to decide if they're going to tax his Social Security benefits. So there's two things here. One is, do they reduce your benefit because of high income? And the second is, do they tax it because of the high income? So once again, um, Social Security, as I said, is very complicated. And to do it properly. I think you need to do your homework before you make any important decisions. So here's what I would recommend. Go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And we have lots of information on there about Social Security. We have videos, we have articles, we have podcasts. And then also while you're there, you might as well sign up for our uh, uh, virtual uh, seminar. We have one coming up on uh, Social Security and and also on Medicare. And so we'll, we'll hopefully help you with that. We have a seminar on retirement planning during these uncertain times. What we talk about in the seminar is do you have enough money to retire on, five strategies. We talk about strategies to reduce your income taxes, how to get retirement cash flow. We talk about social security, protecting against the next market crash, tons and tons of great information that I think will benefit you. And that's all at rpoa.com. And so we'll look forward to seeing you there. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the buy-hold myth, which is, hey, don't worry about anything. You're a long-term investor. Stay tuned. We'll debunk that one when we come back. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayfe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayfe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayfe. Why, thank you, Aspen. I am founder and senior retirement planner of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means we work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then uh, we have designed this show. We've designed our practice. Everything we do is geared around helping our clients do two things. One is we want your money to last as long as you do, And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind, okay? We want to worry about all of this stuff for you so that you don't have to. And, uh, you know, we call your retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. We want you to go play and have fun and relax, even though right now maybe you're cooped up inside because you can't go outside and play and relax. Uh, But it'll come. It'll come. Time will will heal all wounds, and this pandemic will pass, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and so one of the primary directives that we have is, or, or goals that we have for clients is we don't, we want your money to last as long as you do. And so when when you are an accumulator, when you are working and you are putting money into your 401k or your retirement plans or your investments and you're putting money in, putting money in, putting money in, essentially our view is that you are on offense. And so you can afford because you've got time on your hands, uh, you've got your wages to live on, you've got all that going on you can be more aggressive with your investments. But as you get within five years of retirement, you need to start thinking, in my opinion, how to ratchet that back and get a little bit more conservative because now taking losses could be a significant factor in whether you can retire. And if you're already retired, taking large losses could determine your lifestyle or whether you can stay retired, right? So one of the questions that I'm going to ask you and then of course i'll answer it but i'll ask you and i'll let you kind of ponder it and that is is it better okay so so according to dalbar or i'm sorry ned davis research the average bear market over the last 100 years has been a 37% drop and uh, unlike what happened earlier this year, the bear markets don't last one month. This, if this is the end, which I don't think it is, I think this bear market is not over with by any means, but, uh, but let's for a moment say that it is, then that'll have been the shortest bear market in history. It lasted almost less than a month, but I don't think it's over, folks. I, I still think you need to be very, very, you know, uh, concerned uh, if in a positive way, all right? But let me ask you this. The average bear market is, is, is 37% so when would you rather take that 37 percent hit would you rather take it early in your retirement when you've just retired or would you rather take it 15 years out after you've retired when would you rather take that 37 percent hit now most people say well i'd like to take it early so i have time to build it back up and get it back right well, that would be wrong. <laughs> you don't want to do that. So let me, let me explain what I mean. And I'm going to use some assumptions here. So I'll try to make sure I, I cover all the assumptions. The first one is we're going to assume that uh, your living expenses are going to grow by 3.5% each year after the first year due to inflation. And uh, we're going to assume that uh, your investments uh, are going to grow by 5% each year. And that you have a bear market that happens in year fifteen of your retirement, and we're also going to assume a really nice round number, which is one million dollars. Okay, so you've got a million dollars in year one, and you're going to you you, you make five percent, so you make fifty thousand bucks, not bad, and you're going to withdraw the four uh, percent, uh, uh, and so you take four percent out, and that's forty thousand dollars. Okay, so you're left with ten thousand dollars after that, and you got a million and ten thousand left over. The next year, you start with a million ten. You take fifty thousand dollars out, fifty thousand five hundred now because of inflation, and uh, your your withdrawal for cost of living is now forty one thousand five hundred, and so now you're left with a 19,000. We keep doing that, and in year fifteen, you now have a million and sixteen thousand. You've been living for a long time on all that money, and now you get hit by that thirty seven percent hit, and so now what happens is. At the end of that year, you have $575,000 left of your original million in year 15 when that happens, which, by the way, is why I don't like bear markets, okay, and why we have our invest and protect strategy, because I don't think bear markets at any time are any good. So that's what happens. In year 15, you have five hundred and seventy-five. Now, if the same, let's reverse the scenario, and let's say that you take that big loss in year one, so you start with a million dollars, and now you get hit by that 37% loss. You lose $370,000. And you take out forty thousand dollars to live on the four percent, and now what happens is that your total taken out was the three seventy plus the forty, right? The market took some and you took some, and that leaves you with four hundred and ten thousand, and of total out, which means that now at the end of the year you've got five hundred and ninety thousand dollars. So at the end of year one, you are where you would have been in the other scenario, almost in year fifteen. And now you have to live the rest of your life on the $590,000. Not very easy. In fact, I won't go through all the numbers, but in this scenario, that I, this uh, assumption that I made here, you actually, by the time 15 year, uh, year 15 comes along, you have $171,000 left of your million. And that's the difference between t- taking a loss early and a- taking a loss later. So that's why, you know, when I talk about the importance of the five years before you retire and the five years after you retire— the first five years of your retirement is one where I believe protecting your principal is extremely important. Because, again, you take the, the loss early, and then you got to live on that reduced amount for the rest of your life. You make your life very, very difficult. You don't want to do that. So that's why we have our invest and protect strategy. And as you guys know, the strategy earlier this year said to sell uh, on March 10th, in fact— and, uh, we, and our buy signal came on June 4th. And also back during the, uh, the, the Great t- the Recession in 2008, in November of 2007, our strategy said to sell and to stay out for all of the bear market of 2008. In fact, our buy signal didn't come until June of 2009. Now, our strategy is not perfect. Uh, just so you know, we also had sales in 2010 and 11, and 2015 and 2018. So there were four times when our strategy said to sell and it turned out not to be a bear market. But, you know, we kind of look at it as a a tornado warning, and if the siren goes off, you take shelter. Now, if the tornado doesn't hit you, Okay, I could have been outside having fun instead of hiding in my tornado shelter. But you know what? That's, in our view, the price of being conservative is that you take shelter more often than maybe a young person would. So we're totally okay with that. Now, uh, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, I encourage you to go to our website, rpoa.com. You can learn more about our invest and protect strategy. You can also uh, learn about Social Security. You can learn about uh, cash flow planning, estate planning, all, all the things we think that someone in your category might be interested in and while you're there you have a couple of options Uh, you could visit with one of our retirement planners at no charge or obligation by clicking on meet with an advisor Also, we have three seminars coming up. We have one on retirement planning in uncertain times. We have one on Medicare. That's an important one at this time of year. And also one on cybersecurity. They're all virtual. They're live, but they're virtual. And uh, you can attend those as well. So rpoa.com is our website. And we'll look forward to seeing you there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the difference between tenants in common and joint tenants with rights of survivorship. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Moray or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Every time it rains, it rains. Pennies from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains Pennies from heaven. Pennies from heaven and we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Aspen. I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, and so therefore we work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And uh, Barron's recently named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 advisors, and uh, in fact now for the eighth year in a row. And I'm very proud of that. But without our beloved and most valued clients, I would be nowhere at all. So all you clients, I thank you, thank you, thank you. And we work with clients in 48 states now. So if you are over 50, retired, or retiring soon, I encourage you to go to our website. It's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And uh, when you're there, we have all kinds of resources available to you, podcasts of this show. You can subscribe to it. We have videos. We have the articles. Uh, we also have – you can sign up to uh, – uh, attend our Retirement Planning During Uncertain Times uh, virtual seminar. We also have one on Medicare. We have one on cybersecurity. And then you can bypass all of that and go directly to source if you want to talk to our uh, one of our retirement planners and have them help you build a uh, retirement cash flow plan. And all of that, no charge or obligation. Okay, so our website is rpoa.com. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And I have one looking at me right now, my producer extraordinaire, Aspen. Uh, she's my youngest daughter who's producing the show here while she's uh, in town uh, quarantining during the pandemic, right? She's, she's produced the show uh, off and on during the years. Uh, but anyway, this week we're going to talk about a, uh, a topic that I'm sure, ladies and gentlemen, you have been laying awake at night wondering uh, about. And, you know, your lack of sleep is not healthy. And so I want you to get a good night's sleep. So I want to answer this question for you so you can finally just relax and get a good night's sleep. Okay? And the question is, what is the difference between tenants in common and joint tenants with rights of survivorship? And I know that's a burning question. and I'm going to answer it. But first, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to return If you would only say you care My pocket may be empty. I'd be a millionaire. And of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And you know, the estate taxes, probate, and all that kind of stuff is designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So, therefore, every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, titling of your accounts, uh, either tenants in common or joint tenants with rights of survivorship, which is also uh, shortened into JITROS, J-T-W-R-O-S. So do you want tick versus JITROS? <laughs> so let's talk about tick tenants in common. Basically, tenants in common means that you and your spouse, or whoever you, you own this account with, you, you each have equal rights in the account, but upon one of your deaths, the account is frozen until we read your will to determine what's going to happen with your portion of the account. So the surviving person, surviving spouse, has to wait on that because we have to read the will and make sure that we're satisfying the wishes of the decedent. Now, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to make a delay and do all that? Well, from an estate planning standpoint, let's say, for example, you have a Brady Bunch family, and husband dies first, and he's got his children, and he wants to, in his will, he said, I want to leave, you know, my uh, my money to my children, or my half, or whatever it may be, to my kids, or put it in a trust and all of that, and I don't want to leave it to my surviving spouse. So a tenants in common is essentially a way to make sure that happens, because now, Upon his death, his will has to be read, and if his will says, I'm leaving it to my kids, then it's going to go to his kids. Without the tenants in common, the surviving spouse could say, well, I know he wanted that, but I want the money instead, and the surviving spouse could keep it, and that wouldn't happen. So tenants in common is usually designed around that. It also is in states that do not have um, uh, uh, community property. So now, joint tenants with the right of survivorship, on the other hand, says that upon the death of the first person, The second person takes over the account immediately with no interruption, as if nothing had ever happened. Okay, so this is where you know the surviving spouse just basically uh, takes over the account, and there's no delays. It doesn't have to. the The will does not need to be read, and all of those kind of things. So neither one is right or wrong. It's just there needs to be some thought put into why you have your account titled that way. Because you know, I've seen situations where it, it was titled Tenants in Common in a Community Property State, and that doesn't make very much sense if you don't have a special situation that you're trying to solve by doing that. So a lot of times, you know, your your account, when it's open, they ask you, tenants in common, joint tenants or rider survivorship, and you go, Yeah, 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 I'll pick that one. Well, don't, don't do that, okay? <laughs> Talk to somebody first. Because you just made an estate planning move by ch- checking one box versus the other. Now, If you go to our website, rpoa.com, I'll make a resource available to you. We'd like to offer you a complimentary visit with one of our retirement planners. And what we want to do there is help you with your titling of your accounts, help you with your estate planning, help you with your income tax planning, help you with your social security planning. We want to help you with your cash flow during retirement planning. We want to help you if you are not retired yet and you are wanting to build a plan to get to retirement, we want to help you with that as well. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can click on meet with an advisor and uh, we'll sit down and we'll do that with you. Now, no charge or obligation. If we can help you, fantastic. And if not, that's fine, too. Okay, so we'll, we'll part friends either way. Now, also on our website currently, we have three uh, virtual seminars that you can attend. And by the way, the, the meeting with the, uh, with the uh, retirement planner is also virtual. Okay, so you can do it from the comfort of your home. Uh, but we have three seminars coming up, retirement planning in uncertain times. So if you're over 50, you might want to watch that. Uh, we, we talk about uh, how to plan during this pandemic and then beyond that. We also talk about Medicare. It's a time of year to be thinking about that. And so we have a seminar on Medicare, uh, Medicare planning, and then also cybersecurity which is uh, right now with you working at home, the bad guys know you're working at home and maybe your, your cybersecurity is not so good right now and you may want to enhance it and we have a seminar on how to, how to help with that. So all of those are available to you at rpoa.com. Well, you know what? The show is over already. I cannot believe how fast it has gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody.